Hello, welcome to another installment of the Academy Securities Geopolitical and Macro Strategy Podcast. Today is October 14th, 2019. I'm your host, Andrew Robinson. Today, I'm joined by Rachel Washburn and Lieutenant General Robert Walsh. We are going to be discussing the recent unrest in Turkey against the Kurds in northern Syria. Rachel, I'm going to turn it over to you. General Walsh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, In light of the events in northern Syria and with our NATO ally Turkey this week, we'd love to give a contextual background to the strategic partnership that the United States has with Turkey and discuss why that relationship is so challenged uh, at this time. Can you give a quick background on why the United States values Turkey so much um, in a military and diplomatic uh, partnership? Sure, Rachel, thanks. Uh, A very important question in that uh, Turkey has always been such a key ally, really, to the West and and also the United States. Uh, And I think if you just looked at it geographically, where they're located uh, is kind of a bridge between, you know, the Western, you know, nations and to the U.S. uh, and also to the Middle East. So they've got that natural geographic location uh, another key piece is their Islamic country that, you know, so the religion part is a key part that as we always try to build relationships into the Middle East, Turkey's always a key ally there because they're able to have those contacts into the Middle East and, and religious, you know, governments and nations and partners that uh, they help us with that. Uh, they also lean very much in a lot of ways to Western views. So over the years, they've had uh, more of a Western uh, focus, um, less of a religious focus, more of a trying to have a neutral government that's more focused on Western ideals. And because of that um, was one of their key relationships is through NATO. So as a NATO partner, um, they not only are a a key part of being a part of the the NATO alliance in close partnership with the United States through NATO, but again, it's just another tie that helps us in an area where Turkey can be a bridge to other people that we want to have alliances with into the Middle East. Sir, since we're on the topic of our their importance to NATO. Uh, the recent decision by the Trump administration to uh, remove troops from northern Syria and potentially allow for a Turkish offensive against Kurdish fighters in the region um, has been getting a lot of attention. Can you explain the uh, decision by the Trump administration and do you feel like it will have the uh, intended result or the impact of bringing Turkey back into the fold of the West as we see them become more closely aligned with uh, Russia and Iran? I think, um, you know, that strategic decision, which President Trump has just taken on, and he's been talking about this for quite a while. Uh, So if you step back where he's at from a strategic decision, he made the comments or the statements that Turkey is a more important important, uh, partnership or strategic entity or interest than we have really in ISIS and defeating ISIS, which he's considered has been defeated. So stepping back from a strategic standpoint, he's looking at the strategy of Turkey and rebuilding that alliance that he's concerned that has gotten much closer to Russia over the last couple of years, um, along with uh, his concern that we've been in what he's called these endless wars. So a combination of 
wanting to meet his pledges of what he did as a, uh, a candidate and said he was going to pull us out of these endless wars in the Middle East. He feels like he's on that path. And along the same line is he wants to ensure that the longer term strategic relationship has been built with Turkey. And another one, uh, which you've seen with him in other places, like um, with Kim Jong-un and in North Korea and, and President Xi in, in China, he feels he's built a very close relationship with Turkey's president, Erdogan. And with that relationship with Erdogan, he feels that's another part of this relationship that he wants to continue and build on. Sir, you discussed the importance of Turkey being a secular nation in the region. In the last decade or so, we've seen a shift uh, not only to Turkey being more conservative, we've seen Erdogan become much more authoritarian. Why is this so concerning to the United States? And can you discuss why internally there has been this shift? Sure. You know, I think a, a key shift, as you said, is as is, is Erdogan came into power, as you look back to where Turkey has been since the Ottoman Empire um, and the the leadership of Ataturk in, in Turkey uh, and taking it, as you said, into a secular, really, nation that was more focused in a lot of ways on Western ideals, but still maintaining the Muslim religion uh, in that secular approach. That's worked very, very well from our relationships as Turkey has come into NATO and the relationships we've had with them as a, uh, a partner, both diplomatically and militarily. When you saw um, Erdogan come into power, he shifted this a little bit much more towards a uh, more of a uh, Islamic or Muslim approach to that secular approach that uh, that had been going on for years and had been a very stable um, factor in our relationships with Turkey. As he brought that in, one of the things we saw just a few years ago was the uh, um, the military attempted coup d'état because they did not like seeing Erdogan's pull of power towards himself and more of an Islamic shift to more of a, relig a religious focus. They wanted to maintain that secular nation approach that uh, had been set uh, after the Ottoman Empire with um, Ataturk. And so that concerned a lot of people in there, that shift towards the, the Muslim approach. And I think his approach to that has really caused some of the concerns that we've had that he views things differently, where that relationship with the West, with NATO, with the United States had always been key to Turkey. And they would always tend to rely more and more on NATO in the Western focus than they had in other areas, say, as towards the Soviet Union or towards Russia. And a lot of the support they gave us back during the Cold War, that has shifted a little bit now with Erdogan coming into play and in many cases playing both sides of the coin against each other, whether it's the West and NATO and also siding up in, in the cases of those S-400 surface-to-air missile systems that, uh, that he's done with uh, Russia and bringing those into uh, into Turkey, and even talks of if the U.S. doesn't sell F-35s, which we've said we won't as long as those missile systems are coming into Turkey, that they would turn around and sell the uh, the Russian high-end fighters to uh, Turkey. So that whole shift uh, really starts back with Erdogan. And like you said, he's got a little bit of a different view on 
uh, how that government should be set up in much more of a Islamic shift. And in some ways, he feels more independent of working uh, again, away from where traditionally Turkey had been more aligned with NATO and Western powers. To that end, it seems like his uh, strong and heavy-handed approach against uh, the Kurds has a political bent to it as well. In the last um, few years, the political element of uh, of the Kurds in, in Turkey has, has gained momentum. So I'd be curious to your thoughts on um, how threatened Erdogan feels by that element internally in Turkey. Obviously, PKK, there's a international consensus that that organization you know, is a terrorist group, and we can understand the threat that is faced by um, by Turkey but from the PKK. But is Erdogan really looking at, these, at, at the Kurdish element with discretion? Do we expect there um, to be a very targeted and nuanced approach in northern Syria against um, the Kurds, whether that's PKK or YPG, do you see that differentiation existing? Um, and importantly, if it doesn't, you know, how will the U.S. respond? Do you see sanctions being effective um, if Erdogan and Turkey takes a really heavy-ended approach in northern Syria? You know, I'd first I'd step back and say that um, Erdogan you know, from the time that that attempted military coup occurred, I think he has felt in the shift that we talked about just a second ago about the shift more towards an Islamic uh, shift in the government that a lot of people within the government uh, have not necessarily supported or the population supported, but his move to move that more towards there. His focus really now is maintaining power, bringing power more closer to him. And when he takes a look at that view that even though Turkey uh, has had some economic problems, and they've certainly had a lot of economic problems and potentially going into a recession here, um, and that's where we could talk more about what sanctions could be. But I think if you step back, he really is focused on maintaining power. And one of the things he focuses on maintaining power is using that nationalism of bringing the people in the country along, along his way of thinking. And one of those ways to bring that nationalism forward is to focus on the Turkish problem that goes on with Turkey. And as they look at that Turkish problem, uh, and in many cases calling the, the, the Kurds terrorists, uh, he focused the nation on that in a lot of ways to maintain power. So when we look at, you know, really the, the true, uh, what they call terrorist threat within their country is the, uh, the PKK or the Kurdistan Workers Party. They have always been the ones that they have been focused on to try to eliminate that threat. They also look at the... Um, uh, the YPG or the People's Protection Units, that those Kurdish militias that have been operating within Syria, as closely partnered with the PKK. And when you step back and look at it from a national standpoint, he views that as a threat to um, Turkish sovereignty. And one of the reasons why he feels that they can go in there, he'll take uh, what we're seeing now is he'll take risk. Um, by going in there and alienating certainly the U.S. in what uh, what the Trump administration believes that they have done or not done to allow uh, the U.S. forces to step away from those two border patrol stations that are there and allow the Kurds to come in. 
Uh, he's willing to take that risk right now, and he's playing a, a real tight game of how much risk can he take in this as he tries to go after this strategic enemy that they see um, to do this. Now, from our perspective, that's going to destabilize the region, and it certainly is going to uh, throw things off as far as some of these forces that we've been working with, the Syrian defense, democratic forces, but also the uh, the militia forces that had been in many cases uh, aligned with the Syrian government, that now could the uh, Syrian democratic forces, those Kurdish, you know, the YPG that's working, those Kurds working underneath that more strategic umbrella of the SDF, could they turn now more towards the Syrian government uh, and try to, for their own safety, Syria's already reached out to them and said, hey, come on over to us, we will work with you uh, to protect you against the uh, the Turkish forces coming in. So our approach to this whole thing is it's really starting to destabilize uh, potentially where we thought this was headed. It now starts having one, an allies that we were once working very closely with, now siding with potentially the Syrian government, which is aligned with Iran and Russia. And you can think about where that goes on this uh, calculation to pull back U.S. forces out of that area is now putting this whole calculus into a, a, a whole different place where it's now potentially could not only destabilize the region, but also risk our bilateral interests that are there with uh, Turkey itself. Clearly, uh, incredibly complex matter, which leads me to my next question. Would love your take on Turkey's relationship with other major players in the region. Um, I've heard uh, people who have you know worked closely with the State Department in Turkey um, or military military operations that oftentimes well first Turkey is notoriously a very very tough negotiator and one of the the arguments that the the US can kind of lean on is well you know we have other friends in the region the saudis are you know are good friends to us um and, and a good partner in the region so I would love your take on on how turkey views their relationship to iran and uh to saudi arabia and then finally Israel, uh, do they have a, a strong point of view on the Kurds or how this situation is playing out? Yeah, I think, you know, again, stepping back to Turkey's, you know, strategic interests here, their strategic interests, they're willing to gamble something here to go after what they view as one of the, uh, the strategic threats to the, the country, and that is the Kurdish problem or to the uh, the PKK, the Kurdistan Workers' Party. So as you look at that, there's a lot of pieces that they're juggling in there. Um, the first one that you, know, you, you talked about is their relationships with Iran. Uh, the relationship with Iran politically has been, it has been okay between uh, Turkey and Iran, but as you look at what's been going on inside of uh, Syria, that is uh, certainly uh, the, the uh, Iranian influence within Syria has caused a lot of destabilization that has occurred within Turkey itself. I mean, up to a million refugees have been forced over the border into um, into Turkey, and it's caused a lot of destabilization there. So there's pieces there where Turkey certainly is not aligned with what um, certainly Syria is doing and the influence that Iran is placing inside of Syria. From the Saudi standpoint, um, they would clearly view that anything that Iran is doing 
uh, to destabilize things within the region is going to be against what uh, what they would like. And so the Iranian situation of trying to uh, support up Bashar al-Assad's government inside Syria, um, they have been looking at the Turks as an ally in this case against Syria, against the Assad government, and supporting those forces that have been taking on um, uh, the Syrian government. In this case now, as Turkey um, starts to come into play, to, to come into the, the northern part of the, the country, now you start seeing themselves put up against both uh, Syria, but also Iran. So there's certainly heightened tensions between those two countries. Um, as far as Saudi Arabia goes, it's almost the same viewpoint with the Saudis. Anything that can offset any of the influence that um, uh, Iran has in the region, and certainly their influence that's been going on within Syria and supporting of the uh, Assad government in Syria, is going to be something that uh, Saudi is um, you know, supporting. So they con- condemn the Turkish aggression. Um, in this case, because that Turkish aggression, in a lot of ways, is going to be supporting um, the Iranian interest in the region. And then finally, Israel. I think Israel is a very interesting one as we take a look at where Israel's at, because they've got a couple pieces here. You know, they're, they're certainly focused against ISIS and Iran, uh, and that's their main interest in in what's going on in the region is is countering both ISIS and Iran in the region. But they also view they've had a long-term kinship of stabilization with what's going on with the Kurds because the Kurds have really been a you know ethnic um, group that hasn't had their own country. So in a lot of ways, Israel views themselves as a country that's always been in that region trying to strive uh, for recognition uh, there and they've got a lot of enemies all around them as they try to survive, you know, within that uh, region. They view themselves in a lot of ways as um, sympathetic of what the Kurds' approach is. So I think in that case, where we had, in, you know, maybe in the last 20 years, we've seen a lot of good close relationships militarily and diplomatic, diplomatically going on between Israel and Turkey, nation to nation, and that's worked very well. Now we see that relationship. Um, being condemned by the aggression that's going on as Turkey does the incursion into Syria against the Kurds, as as Israel sees that not only against a another uh, ethnic group that's trying to survive in the Middle East, but also its incursion that now is going to destabilize the re- region by potentially helping ISIS and um, its supporter Iran. What can people who are watching the situation develop look for at a, at a tactical level? What, what sort of actions by Turkey will indicate an increased um, offensive in northern Syria, whether that be you know, certain types of equipment movement, maybe any sort of positioning by the U.S. Um, in a defensive posture, uh, you know, anything at that, that real military tactical level can people be looking for that this situation is getting maybe a little bit out of control? So right now, I think the thing to watch is we just uh, had the uh, Secretary of Defense, Esper, and the, uh, the new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, um, just conduct a press conference. And I think their indicators are, um, again, a little bit of surprise on how this has un- occurred. And uh, their press conference was pretty clear that that's why the uh, the um, U.S. Special Forces teams were pulled out of those two border outposts uh, that are along 
the uh, Turkish-Syrian border that really are the bookends, really, of where this offensive is occurring across about a 150-mile front uh, as, as uh, Turkey, Turkey pushes in, and they say they want to develop about a 20-mile uh, security zone that they'd like to develop in there. Um, and I think the key indicators are right now uh, is they've the actions by Turkey so far, at least what we saw from what General Milley briefed, has been mainly uh, aviation strikes, long-range artillery strikes, and some uh, fires coming from tanks that are on the Turkish side of the border. So from what we're seeing right now is strikes that are going in, but what he's briefing is just uh, a small amount of Turkish forces going over the border, more light forces, light infantry forces, probably some targeting forces, and also working with um, some militia forces that they've worked with in the past. Because if you go back, this is not the first time that uh, Turkey has gone into Syria. They've went in uh, under this operation, they're calling Operation Peace Spring, but they've gone in earlier in the last several years un under Operation Euphrates Shield and Operation Olive Branch, where they've come in and done the same sort of thing, but not in the strategic sense where they say they want to develop the security zone inside of 20 miles. So right now, I think the key indicator is watching what they were doing with the type of actions. Uh, in a lot of ways, you would have expected large you know, mechanized forces moving in to overwhelm the um, Syrian Democratic Forces and along with the um, People's Protection Units, the YPG units, to overwhelm them. So far, we have not seen that yet. And that's why I think Turkey may be in an approach right now of moving in, seeing what the Western reaction is going to be as they continue to, to conduct these strikes to try to eliminate a lot of the infrastructure capabilities the SDF may have. And then we'll have to wait and see on what occurs over the next few days on how much of their forces move in. Because if you take a look at the map, the intent is to move in about 20 miles in in between those two cities that we have pulled those uh, U.S. forces out of and get to a main highway that they've got running east-west, which is, I think it's Highway 35, to move into that range uh, and occupy that in some type of security zone. I think what we're looking to do in this case of what uh, General Milley had briefed was to try to slow the situation down somewhat and be able to develop some type of no-fly zone where we can just kind of slow things down, get back to the negotiation table so people aren't overreacting. So again, the tripwire, I think, will be is how much they move in the next few days. A little bit surprisingly so far, it's kind of been a slower start than a lot of people maybe would have, have, have thought about Turkey taking on this approach of something they've been really looking at for years, this opportunity to move across the line. And now that the U.S. force has pulled back, they've taken the advantage of that opportunity. And now how quickly will they go in there? Sir, thanks for providing your perspective on this ongoing and developing situation. Before we close out, any final thoughts to add? I think you know, the, the larger piece here really is, is, you know, as you look back at it, I think 
President Trump made this decision that he did for strategic reasons. Now we're going to have to take a look as if things play out tactically. It's not playing out tactically the way that we had hoped. So how do you recorrect, get back to negotiations with Turkey? And it may be one of those that Turkey is willing to take on sanctions, willing to take on diplomatic pressure, take a lot of risk in this area to get more after a strategic issue than they've wanted to solve for a very long time. Thank you, General Walsh and Rachel, for that conversation. And thank you to our listeners for giving us the time today. If you have any interest in engaging with our geopolitical advisory group directly, please email us at info at academysecurities.com. Academy Securities is a service-disabled, veteran-owned investment bank with a social mission to hire, train, and mentor military veterans to develop careers in finance. I'm your host, Andrew Robinson, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Mm -hmm.